everyone. Welcome to Unfolding Sharp Corners, a podcast creating a community space to discuss all the taboo topics we're told not to talk about. I'm Barthi Rupani, and this is my co-host. Hi, everyone. I'm Sherry Arathachin. And in each episode, we'll be unfolding a sharp taboo topic, exploring a variety of perspectives, and finding a new relationship to it. All right, let's get started. Hey, everyone. Hey, Barthi. Hi. We have Kim Casanova with us today. Did I say that right? I know you just told me, it's but... Casanova. Casanova. <laughs> it's, it's a name that was made up at Ellis Island. So it's oh, basically whatever you want to say. <laughs> I know. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. For another, another topic, another time. Mm-hmm. That's... Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Okay. Um, So, (laughs) so um, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, Kim, and um, the topic that you'll be talking about today? Great. I am Kim Kasno, and I am a coach and a lifelong educator and facilitator, and I'm also a writer. And um, today I'm going to be talking about motherhood and uh, some of the more untouchable topics of motherhood (laughs) Mm. Um, and definitely some of the funnier topics of motherhood that I think society has left out in its most modern depiction (laughs) of the institution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about um, you know, what's, what's taboo about it or what's sharp about the topic? Yeah. I mean, I think I became a mother 12 years ago mm-hmm. and it was sort of at this convergence of Facebook. I'm not even sure if Instagram was a thing, but Twitter definitely was. And so I think social media has done a really great job of telling mothers uh, basically how to be a mother. Mm. Um, so I was getting fed these messages of like top 10 things to always have in your diaper bag. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, what not wow. to do when picking a nanny. And it was like this kind of overwhelm and overload yeah. of information about like how to do this thing that felt to me like something that women have been doing for literal centuries and eras, you know, forever, forever, (laughs) literally since the dawn of time, since there were amoebas (laughs) in the ocean, there have been mothers. Um, And so, you know, it just felt like this like sensationalization and sort of the huge, big, weighty topic that like was very pedestrian and very normal. And so, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but like, that's, that's sort of where my interest in the topic of what's taboo or like, what is this thing motherhood that I've entered into? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm um, curious about, you know, where, where are you on that journey now? Like what still feels taboo Mm -hmm. for you now? Um, Oh gosh, so much. Uh, so right now we're living in a pandemic where my children uh, have been going to school in their bedrooms for the past literal year. My, our school district hasn't, has barely opened. They 
just opened yesterday mm-hmm. for only a few kids. Um, so what feels taboo? I don't know that like, sometimes I wake up and I see my kids and I'm like, why are you still in my motherfucking house? <laughs> Get up. I hope it's okay that I curse. Yeah, and of I course. Sometimes I feel an inordinate amount of rage that these people are like still with me. And I think that is taboo because we're going through a global pandemic and, um, you know, the, the, the social medias would tell us that like, I should be nurturing their well-being Mm -hmm. and like making sure that they're safe and protected and cared for at every turn and attending to their you know, their tutors and their mental health and wellness. And really, I just want to be like, can you guys like, just go find a pile of glass outside, leave mommy (laughs) alone, because I have so much shit I have to get done. And I can't do it when you're constantly hanging on my shoulder or like crying about something that I don't care about. Right. So yeah. So right now, I would say like the, the uh, sharp edges, the, you know, the places where it doesn't quite fit is like, again, we're getting fed these messages about how we should feel about this and how we should be responding to this. And, and those don't necessarily match up with like, how I'm actually feeling and, and responding to the fact that my family has not left my side for a year. Right. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. not a black, you know, like, it's a I wish people thing. could see no, your face right now. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, in does. this, in this journey of like that first moment mm-hmm. of the diaper bag blog article to <laughs> um, now, like, was it in that very moment that things were like, fuck this? Or was it, did it take mm. a while for you to be like, oh, wait, this isn't right. Like, what was the moment that you shifted or had a breakthrough? But yeah, oh, it's so interesting. It's a really interesting question. Um, I actually think I know the moment. So I had my daughter eight years in. I did okay. You know, I'm a person. I've never been like refined and sweet and, you know, Mary James and all that. So, you know, I had my daughter and I was working and like kind of making it work. Um. And then four years later, I had my son and I was on maternity leave. And I was like, this is, I had a big job. I was working at a, at a district as an executive um, administrator in the central office. And it's like crazy, you know, urban districts are crazy. And then I get home and I have my son during Hurricane Sandy, which is a totally different story altogether. My hospital was shut down. I had to find a new doctor. Things were nuts. Wow. Anyway, I get home from this like somewhat traumatic experience where I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this kid. And then he slept all day. And I'm, I'm used to like leaving the house at seven, not coming home till seven, having a full day of meetings, being like super involved in like really big mission critical work. And then I'm at home and there's like a lump in front of me sleeping (laughs) and most people will be like oh when the baby naps you should nap and (laughs) enjoy this enjoy this precious time together 
you won't ever get it again. It's so precious. And I was like, you're fucking boring, kid. I need to do something <laughs> with my life right now. So at the time, Kate Middleton announced that she was pregnant with her first baby. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, I had so much rage about Kate Middleton being pregnant and the coverage of like, oh, and she's feeling nauseated in the morning, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so fucking insane. Like, she's going to do the same thing that I yeah. do. And so I tweeted something like, doesn't Kate Middleton know that giving birth is like shitting a chandelier? It's not very princessy. And I got like oh, an insane response. Yeah. So I got a, a really big so good. to the tweet. <laughs> People really liked it. So I I just kept tweeting during my uh uh, maternity leave and it kept me entertained and it kept me connected like one yeah. of the things I love about social media is you get that immediate like oh I miss you or that was so funny say it again or you just get that like audience interaction that when you're home alone with a baby who sleeps all day or is like eating all day and like let's not even talk about nursing and that fucking pot of madness but like when you have nothing to do basically except just make sure that your kid stays alive right. um super boring so i was tweeting or social media and connecting with people and somebody said to me you know you're like such a good you're such a good writer and in my previous life even before i became a professional i was an actress i was mm -hmm. a writer i was in the creative arts and i was like oh that would be really fun it'd be fun to get back to writing i miss it so i started a blog and I've been writing this blog for eight years. It's called Quick wow. While the Kids Are Sleeping. And so it's basically been, oh God, now I'm going to cry. I'm going to go on an emotional journey with you guys. I hope this okay, is okay. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so, We're here for um, you. Thank you. So I started writing this blog and it, it um, explored some of the like uglier parts of motherhood it explored boredom it explored yeah. like crazy crazy things that kids say but not the nice crazy things that mm -hmm. kids say but like out of the blue your kid looks at you and is like fuck you yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah the creepy things you know you left right like the creepier things yeah and, um you know like losing teeth we were talking about losing teeth as being one of those things <laughs> it's just like such a gross thing mm -hmm. that comes along with having a kid and nobody talks about it. Everyone's like, Oh, the tooth fairy. And I'm like, that is the gumling. Your tooth has been hanging by a thread for seven weeks. Um, ew. so the blog, <laughs> yes, ew, gross. But like, that's life with an 11 year old who's had a tooth hanging in her mouth for three months. So anyway, it's the blog has been sort of that, that, um, it was both a turning point for me, Kate Middleton getting pregnant, but then also this has been my outlet to express how screwed up I think this institution is. And I don't always talk about it in such direct terms. I'm not like railing against the man. I'm really just sharing my experience of motherhood, but it's, I would say it's pretty unconventional and it's not sort of this pretty picture that everyone paints mm -hmm. of.
the, the experience. Yeah. Did it, did it ever feel uncomfortable to do that? Or like, did you feel like you needed to call upon courage to be able to put mm. that out there? Mm-hmm. What gave you? Yeah. Yeah. So I think a couple of things. Um, people who are going through it now, who are like with me, love it. Like the general response that I get from people who read it, who are like in motherhood now, who are feeling a little bit silenced, a little bit like, you know, our mothers told us we should have children, but they it was a lie. Like, why yeah. did they do this to us kind of thing? Um, they get it. And there are a lot of people, trust, who get it. I have had... Um, it's interesting and it's mostly family, right? Like family can be super critical and um, come with a lot of judgment mm. and everything. Um, but I have had family members sort of come and say like, your kids are going to hate that you put this out there about them mm. in when they're grown up or when they're big. And um, I don't think they will. I don't think my kids will. I think their kids would, but my kids and I have a different relationship than I had with them. So I, you know, I'm very mindful about what I put out in the world about my children, but um, yeah, so that's been a criticism, but I did once, um, I was telling someone how hard I thought a particular moment of raising my children was. And I sort of said, like, I just hate it. I'm, I'm like, really unhappy. Yeah. And she turned to me and she was like, no, you don't. It's beautiful. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we're a mind reader now, huh? Um, <laughs> so I think, like, people don't want to hear it. I think there is a very real world in which people don't want to hear that parenthood isn't mm-hmm. so great. Mm-hmm. It, it's like not a not a fun topic for them mm-hmm. because it mm-hmm. it messes with their perception of mm-hmm. perception of it is there what would you say your one like out of everything you've written about or even things you haven't written about mm-hmm. that you're willing to share um like what's one that really has stood out um either mm-hmm. in, in whatever however you want to define that what first comes to mind I've written a lot. I mean, there are hundreds of (laughs) hundreds of blog posts in there. I would say like, I've been doing a lot on um, pandemic parenting, like there's a whole series, because how could there not be? And so one that's coming to mind um, is a blog about homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And I called it homeschooling schmomschooling because um, like last April, we had been in this for a month and like everybody, you know, all of my friends, I, m- most of my friends who are moms are working moms. I have few friends whose full-time capacity is dedicated to their kids. Um, and I, you know, respect for both. I think it's really hard to do either. Yeah. Um, 
but what's really hard about having your kids at home when you have a full-time job is like kids, kids in school aren't robots. Like their teacher is directing them to do the things that they're asking them to do. So if you're working, you can't play that role, right? So even if they send assignments, even if they're on screen, like there's some level of like, sit down, look here, you know, click this that's going on. And my son was in first grade last year when school shut down. And like about two weeks in, I was like, fuck this. You're dropping out of first grade, kid. Like we're not, we are not doing school. Like this is not, you are just like your job right now is to go outside and have fun. Like that is your job because school is bullshit. And, and by the way, I'm a lifelong educator. I've been in the education field for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Last March school was total bullshit. And so I just said, go away, like go, go do your thing and learn how to ride a bike. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we did that. He learned how to ride a bike and he learned how to tie his shoes. And so I blogged about that. Mm-hmm. It was not totally the most popular thing to say to an, a society of people who are trying mm-hmm. to make this thing work. Right. There were moms who were literally like posting on Facebook that they're crying every night and they're creating new schedules and they're packing snacks for every hour and they're planning movement breaks and I was like kid you know where the snacks are come and find me if you're bleeding you're going to be fine because that's what we could handle but like writing about that you know it's one thing to do that it's another thing to say that publicly to a society of people who are really challenged by the current circumstances and are trying to make it work Mm um I just, it was just my personal belief that there was no way to make Make it it work work within the, yeah, yeah, within the context of how it had been set up. So I wouldn't say that the response was negative, um, but I think some people were like, well, what are you, you know, how is he going to be okay? Right. You know, they're, I think they're receiving their judgment about like my kid's capacity to be okay after this was hard. And also like, my own. I didn't yeah. know if he was going to do that. I didn't know if I was making the right yeah. decision, but that was the decision. Yeah. 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 I love that. And I, I hear like, there's a part of me that's like, I wish the whole world would have made that decision. Like this is just oh not God, going to work it. this way. Mm-hmm. So can we just pause or something else? You know? Right. Right. Yeah. Especially and, with your son. I, yeah. No, please. I was just going to say, like, especially with your son, because he's at the time he was in first grade, like missing out like a few months. It wasn't even like a year of schooling. Right. Like we're talking Mm -hmm. about what? April, May and June. April, May, June. Like three months months. of school, like NBD. (laughs) Like it's really not a big deal. (laughs) Right. Like, yes. And we've been so like conditioned yes. to believe that you go to school. Yeah. Right? 
And there are some brave souls who like unschool their kids and have all, there are alternative schools. Like there are, but like the core of our society is based on the fact that kids are in school when kids, when school is open. Mm-hmm. And so for school to be open, but me to be like, nah, we're opting out. Yeah. felt risky. And especially in the community that I live in. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty uh, competitive, high functioning suburb um, with very, you know, progressive values. But I think at the same time, certainly not the type of place where people are like, yeah, let's let our kids run free forever and ever. So um, I'm, I'm really curious, like a year later, you know, this is, you've been doing this for a year now. Like, where are you with all of this now? Oh man. <laughs> Do you want my real answer? Yes. Because <laughs> uh, it involves lots of cruising. Where <laughs> am I with it? I mean, I have days where mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck this. We're just going to like rent the house and go somewhere and learn about a new place. And like, forget school, we'll figure it out, whatever. Um, You know, I'm like too, uh, this is going to sound terrible. And I like even hate that I'm about to say this, but I'm like too busy to figure it out. I feel Mm -hmm. like there's a way in which the pandemic has organized all of us to not have a second to uh, to make uh, not bold moves because I've made some bold moves this year. I feel, you know, I feel great about my productivity, but I think like, you know, we're not, we're not picking up and moving to Oregon yeah. this year. Yeah. Right. So there's something about the way that it's been organized that I just feel like we're a little bit in a holding pattern to figure out, school. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting on this district. This is what's crazy. I'm waiting on a district that has failed me for a year to tell me how they're going to fail me and my kids in the fall. I'm like literally waiting for that message to come into my computer any minute now. Yeah. Um, so where am I? I'm like super annoyed. I wish my kids like learned how to juggle and do trapeze so they could join the circus <laughs> and leave my house. <laughs> The, the key is that they leave your house. <laughs> I'd like them to leave my house. They are going to sleep away camp this summer. They're going to love it. Camp. Yeah, I think they're going to love it just as much as you're going to love it. Because, oh, yeah. They're just as much, they're, I'm sure kids are feeling just as much trapped as parents are right now. Oh, it is brutal. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. Yeah. Well, my daughter, you know, she's 12 and in sixth grade. And what's horrifying about this for her is that she's going through puberty with me. Yeah. When I was 12, I had some friends. Yeah. Who I could be like, hey, guys, what's happening to your boobs? Because this is what's happening to, to mine. mine. But instead, yeah. she's like coming to her old mom like she doesn't want she doesn't want to talk to me about this but she has no choice yeah it's horrible 
Yeah. Yeah. I also, I mean, I, I'm going to make a comment about this and it's like a very generational thing. Um, so please forgive me. I do think, however, like as Gen Xers um, and elder millennials, we find it really weird to talk to our parent about these things because we were with our friend group all of the time. All the time. Our parents were like missing in action. <laughs> not Literally. Not like not because they were poor parents, but because they were busy making it in the world. So we this didn't is what I want to be doing. Yeah. So so yeah. So you're hearing you talk about like, oh, my poor daughter having to come to me. I actually think that like that generation likes it. So like, don't even worry right. about it. <laughs> you're totally right. And they're doing it on TikTok too. Like they have yeah. so many more. They have something else. Yeah. Like figure it out. Right. Yeah. 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 No, she's totally plugged into all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. She's very happy to share every thought that she's I just heard. I can imagine your daughter listening to this and being like, "Mom, you're not all that." Okay. <laughs> yes. Like, I don't even know your daughter. <laughs> yeah. I'm that, making that whole thing up. No, that's right. She's it's probably texting them. Like, both. She simultaneously wants to crawl back into my uterus so that she can punch me from the inside. Like she's. <laughs> She wants to be like so close, but just so that it hurts a little Aww. bit more. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. lot. <laughs> yeah so it's it is i do think that there's something because we grew up in an environment where yes our parents played important roles but mm -hmm. on a day-to-day -day basis we were a little bit on our own with our friends like mm -hmm. to figure shit out like yeah you know like, right, i'm gonna give you the other introvert perspective i was home with my books <laughs> where I, like my parents are very um i was very sheltered and protected mm -hmm. um, so I didn't mm -hmm. I had my friends at school and outside of school I was like in my books and in my with, with my your, like Legos yeah you know? <laughs> yeah oh. Okay. it was okay it was good picture of you no yeah. it's so sweet it is it is sweet <laughs> you would have done so well during a pandemic yes I have been I've doing been, well there's definitely introvert parts of me that was like Okay, good. Everyone, let's let's enjoy this. You know, yeah, I'm totally uh, like understanding no, all fine. the realities for everyone. But like, there was a part mm -hmm. of me that's like, I'm an introvert. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> Although now I'm in that oh, that man. stage you mentioned where it's like all the people who are out solo or single or with kid, mm -hmm. not with kids, that were like, I need connection. You know. Yeah. Need, of yeah. 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 It only took a year for the introverts to be like. I think it's enough now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've, I'm with, <laughs> no more. I'm with Sherry on this one. I was totally thriving in the beginning, and everything was so awesome. In the last mm -hmm. like month and a half to two months, I'm like, okay, I I have recharged my batteries. Like it's above a hundred percent. Where are the people right now? <laughs> Where's everyone? Right. right. Yeah. 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 No, I was a disaster from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but I you had a house full like, of people. That's why. <laughs> right. Oh, man. They were doing so much, much more them. than the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. It Parents were doing a lot more. Yeah. So um, 
what advice would you, you know, would you give to our listeners or like, what are the actions that you would recommend that our listeners take during this time? And maybe, maybe it's a mother who's like, this motherhood thing is a whole myth. Like Mm -hmm. now what? Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I think step one is find your people. Right. And I know that's an ironic thing to say in light of what we just talked about and that it's so hard to, to stay connected, but there are ways to get connected. There are groups, there are uh, writers. I am just one of many uh, writers about motherhood that don't necessarily take the like sugar and spice route. Mm -hmm. Um, I think also, you know, part of what has helped me stay above water on this and give myself the grace that I need when I'm being fed all of these messages that like, I'm not good enough. The decisions I'm making are abnormal. Um, You know, you really should, you get into the shoulds um, about how to raise your own children. The, the thing that has offered me the most grace is just, being honest and, mm-hmm. and being authentic to my, to my voice and to myself. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that's really hard to do. Like, I'm not at all saying that you just wake up one day and you're like, Oh, I'm faced with a tough decision. Wow. I'm going to be really authentic right now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what has helped me is a great, great therapist. Mm-hmm the best. I've had great coaches along the way. I think for me, the key has always been connection and community. Um, Definitely one of my core operating values. And so building that and maintaining that is really important. The other thing I've started to do, which is very unpopular, and actually, (laughs) a funny story about this. Um, I go away by myself every year. Mm, I nice. take a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Good so for you. Years, yes. Good for you. Um, so a couple of years ago, I went to a writing retreat in Iceland with one mm-hmm. of my best friends. And I ran into another local mom who's a writer. And she was like, how did you uh, get permission to do that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I didn't ask. <laughs> Right. I think like moms get into this way where we're like, can I go and do, and am I allowed to, you know, like you're human rule book that we're following that has never been written, but it's somehow we all know the rules. I've decided that like being a mom is only one of the things that I do. And my kids are going to be okay and I'm going to leave them and I'm going to work and I'm going to do a bunch of other things that actually fill me up so that I can show up for them when we are together and not for an entire year in the same yeah. small house. You yeah. Mean motherhood but is like not fulfilling home. and filling you up all the time. <laughs> oh, my cup runneth over. No, it's not. <laughs> it's actually like totally demoralizing and upsetting and frustrating and um really restrictive a lot of the time especially for someone who likes to do a lot of stuff yeah 
Yeah. I'm sure all the, yeah. the folks that were on the edge of, do I want to have kids or like, they're, they're really rethinking this right now. <laughs> like, I've been told I'm like some of the best birth control on the market. <laughs> Love it. You're definitely oh, validating my choices, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything that, I mean, we've touched on a lot of like random and, and really amazing things, but is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd really like to share with everyone? I think we've covered so much. I just yeah. think, well, well, yeah, you know what? I do have one thing to share. (laughs) I think um, motherhood is like an institution that is taken very seriously. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually think it's hilarious (laughs) and something that we can, if we're able to poke fun at it a little bit and have a little fun with it. And um, yeah, like, sure. You, you really can mess up your kids you really, really can. Yeah. Like big time. And, you know, I have had my fair share of parental induced trauma, but like the vast majority of us are okay. Yeah. Right. And like our parents may have left some wounds and impacted us, but like generally we walk through the earth. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and I think we need to just have a little more fun with the the convention of motherhood and the convention of parenthood and take a look at ourselves and laugh at ourselves and know that like, we're not doing irrevocable damage. Taking a vacation isn't going to, you know, like harm your children beyond repair. Yeah. Um, saying, you know, kid, go and ride your bike because they can't with you right now. They might not love hearing it in the moment, but like ultimately if you love your children, you take care of your children, they will feel that you are going to miss steps. So like, in the meantime, have a little fun, laugh at yourself, laugh with your friends. Like, it's, it's much funnier than it is serious. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that advice. I feel like that that's a great soundbite for us to share. <laughs> yeah, really that, that you've encapsulated, you know, a lot of what you're, what you're trying to to put out in the world and like bring about in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I, okay. So we have some wrap up questions and Barthi has our fire round. I am, there's a curiosity that I don't think I can let go. I'm curious if you've met <laughs> any fathers that hold this perspective or like, or, or if you have a perspective on fatherhood. I mean, all fathers hold this perspective that's the <laughs> fucked up thing about this. Mm-hmm. That's that the patriarchy. Yeah. That's the thing that gets me most infuriated about motherhood. Yeah. So here's the thing. And I'm sure I'm actually sure that this also happens in um, same sex couples as well. But yeah. there is always a parent A on a school mm-hmm. form. There is always a parent A when you're filling out a camp registration. Mm-hmm. That parent is the one who gets every email, is the one who has to respond to the PTA book fair, is the one who has to get your, you know, get the instructions for where your kid has to go and make and that person is like 99.9% of the time the mom. Yeah. Like 
So fathers often are off the hook by virtue of the way that the system is set up. So don't get me started on the system. But then (laughs) here's the other thing. You know, I have the mental load. I'm the one, and I'm sure you've heard that is that expression yes. been, has mm-hmm. been used endlessly in the last couple of years. But like, it's true. My yeah. brain is super heavy with like stuff that I can't. Tra- I have a, a husband um, at home, equal partner in lots of things, but in terms of like the brain work, not so much. His work is like lift this. Put in garbage, go grill meat, do laundry. But like, yeah. oh, you know, I've really been thinking that Owen's ADHD is sort of showing up in these ways. And I thought maybe we could construct a system to help our son be more, you know, organized. No, never, mm-hmm. never, never, never do men come with the solution. So like mm-hmm. women are just, you know, being big bosses all over. The, yeah, we're the we're the yeah. managers, we're the bosses, and guess what? Many of us are doing the same thing at work. Yeah, if not yeah. most of us. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I think do fathers share my perspective of how hilarious parenthood is? They do because they get the luxury of it. Yeah. I have just demanded the luxury of it, right? Mm-hmm. I've yeah. claimed it, but they just inherently get it. Get to kick kick back and watch their boy play soccer. You know, <laughs> yeah. Moms yeah. are like cutting orange slices and, you know, right. Get, right. running carpools and all that. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm wondering, like I, I'm a call to our listeners. If there's a reverse dynamic, if there's someone out there, I would be so curious to hear mm-hmm. what that's like. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. If a man is being the like more of the the parent A and holding that mental yeah. load, like what what their experience of that is, um, mm-hmm. because I think women you you are dealing with the patriarchy all the time and all of that on top of mm-hmm. what you're dealing with and and being the mother manager mother slash manager, yeah oh man yeah. momager <laughs> momager manager yeah. <laughs> Totally. Thank you so much, yeah. Kim, for coming oh. on here with um, all of your beautiful experience and Thank and you. like courage to share it out in the world for however many years. How many years have you been doing this? I've been blogging for eight. Wow, eight years yeah. since Owen was yeah. yes, he was weeks old. Wow, and it's I love it. I turn to it. All the time. I've also just written a novel, um, which is focused. It's it's pure fiction. Um, it's about a woman who is a working mom who transforms into a superhero, and oh my gosh. part of the misadventures of what happens there. So I love this. That is, <laughs> yeah. So it's my writing has been a great outlet mm-hmm. for exploring these issues of rage and freedom and. Um, mm-hmm ridiculousness and sort of all of it um yeah so yeah so been at it a while. where yeah where can people find you online how can they connect with you a couple of different ways my blog is uh called quick while the kids are sleeping <laughs> and um it's just quick while the kids are sleeping.com Mm-hmm. And then uh, you can find me on Instagram at Kim Kaznov Coaching, 
which is my coaching website. And then you can also find me on kimkaznovcoaching.com. And that's my uh, personal website. So reach out, talk to me about anything, writing, (laughs) parenthood, whatever. (laughs) Awesome. We'll make sure to link to that in the episode description for our listeners. Thank you. And now comes our uh, fire round or lightning round of questions. (laughs) Hand the mic over to (laughs) Barthi. So um, for our listeners, those of you already, you already know, we have started this fire round. So Kim, I'm just going to ask you, I think like five or six questions. First thing that comes to mind, of course, that's the answer. Um, what like do you we a- need some like suspenseful music? Right here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> do you guys know that Inside the Actors Studio is like my favorite show ever. So I am so pumped. Hey, can you? D- I swear, when I uh, when Love we were it. yeah, that's exactly what we were um, thinking of when we came up with the fire rounds because. I used to love the um, actor uh, actor studio as well. I thought it was just such a great show. Um, oh, the best. Yeah. And I loved this part. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. All right. Um, what are you afraid of? Snakes. I thought you were going to say your kids in some way, but. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the day. No, snakes are like my prime, yeah, you know, yeah. you know how you like fear, but then you have like primal, primal fear, fear. you can't explain. I see a snake and I'm like, oh, yeah, like scream and yeah. Snakes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what gets you up in the morning? Writing. Mm-hmm. Just having oh. the ability to sit and write. Nice. Nice. Um, fill in the blank. Freedom is money. Uh, what are you reading, listening to, or watching right now? Um, so reading, I'm reading The Immortalist, mm-hmm. um, which I just started and turns mm, out I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I'm also reading, I don't know who the author is. I'm reading a book about um, lunology and setting your intentions. It's this Japanese author and I'm totally Mm -hmm. forgetting her name. She's so cool. Um, It's not going to cut Kate. It's not Keiko. Anyway. Um, And she teaches her audience how to set intentions with the new moon and set gratitudes with the uh full moon full moon that's cool that's really yeah. cool so it's great yeah it's fun yeah um and finally what's your favorite curse word oh i think it's fuck yeah yeah other yeah. than fuck is there another one or like what's a what's a mm. pg curse word that you like a pg yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, I say darn a lot. Darn. 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 Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. Shoot. Yeah, I'm trying to think how I keep it clean at work. Oh, I think I just say it. (laughs) Except for the F word. I'll I'll just, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. I curse a lot casually as I'm sure you guys experience, you both experience. I'm trying to strip. So this is a, a Gen X thing. We used to say, Hey, you guys. Yeah. And now I'm trying to strip you guys from my language, but it feels very instinctual to just say it. So anyway, apologies. No, I like y'all. Yeah. Y'all. Yeah. 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 The, the you guys is tough. It's really tough because everyone says it. So I it's, know. yeah, that one is a really hard Someone one. Someone gave me that note um, recently and now every day I'm so conscious of how often I say it and yeah. it's such a subconscious thing. So I'm really working on it. Yeah. Same, same. I've been working on it as well. Um, anyhow, it was so amazing to have you on I (laughs) yeah I I just really love what you were you're bringing out into the world that you know motherhood isn't all what people make it out to be and especially here like a a stand-up act at some point yes yes (laughs) oh my goodness yes I would love that I would totally come watch that like um oh who is that female comedian she is Asian and small and she did like oh, Ali Wong uh, um oh, Ali, Ali, Ali Wong yeah Ali Wong, yes. Ali Wong. Yes. Yeah. yeah she's so she's good so there's one there's one you know part of her um com- you know the show that she did where she's just like you know um <laughs> It's it's all it's like a whole rant about how feminists <laughs> ruined it because we got like now we have to work. <laughs> we have to do it all. We have to do it all. We have to do it all. Yeah. And then oh, she's <laughs> and then she goes, she go she rails in on her husband. He's just like she's like, he has to do the littlest amount and he gets all the credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so good. Yes. Her whole show is amazing. Yeah. I know. I loved her stand up and I loved the movie she made. Um, um, did you guys see that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, be My fun. Maybe, something like that. Yes. Yeah. Always, always, always Be My Maybe. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. That was so good. Cute. It really was. It really was. Yeah. I could go on and on. We'll have to do another episode about that show. Oh, <laughs> that movie. Yes. That. Let's do it. <laughs> Yes. When you have your stand-up Thank act, you. you can come do an episode of just your stand-up. Yes. yes. <laughs> I definitely, I would be honored. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi, this was a blast. Thanks for joining us on Unfolding Sharp Corners. We consider this a community space where we can learn together. If you want to share your insights, questions, or feedback, we invite you to click the link in the episode description. We're on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Subscribe to the show to catch every new episode. And follow us on Instagram at Unfolding Sharp Corners. Make sure to leave a review so we can continue to explore more corners with you. See you soon.